This is Opposite Attractions. This week's challenge, let's get out of here. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Opposite Attractions, the theme park design to fuck. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Opposite Attractions, the show about theme park design that is technically possible. I am your host, Scotty Moore, joined as always by Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, drink up me, Jim, Yo-Ho. He's Jim Murphy, he's Jim Murphy, oh fuck, it's Jim Murphy. <laughs> I don't know what voice that was you were going for. I I thought it's, it was a Michael Caine impression for a second, and then I backed out of like, no, like you've just been watching Muppet Christmas Carol on a loop, and it uh, got stuck in your brain. I am the worst pirate you've ever heard of, Master <laughs> <laughs> Um, So, Jim, it's the we end. You cannot keep burying treasures. I can't, cannot get I bury can't, treasures. I can't bury another member of the treasure family, Master Wayne. Um, it's the end of a season, Jim, and uh, we gotta kill a baby. We gotta kill the baby once again. Although this is this is like, have you seen um, fucking? I'm sorry to bother you or whatever it's called on Netflix, the Tim Robinson show. No, I because, didn't know that was. Uh... Well, this the, the the baby this season is Brett Harley Jarvis, and fuck that baby. That baby can eat a dick. <laughs> I fucking hope you die, Brett Brett Harley Jarvis. That's where we're at now, because yes, this theme park, we've been here for a whole season, and all I've gotten for it are two broken legs and a broken little finger, and it is the epic universe, the most dangerous theme park in the entire world, and I figure, we don't usually do this, but I kind of want to go behind the logistics of our park, like really talk about our hiring practices and stuff like that, so... (laughs) I've, I've written them down here, if you don't mind. Um, so, I feel like we we could... Our, our water park section, it's probably going to be one of the first real water parks in the nation. And thus, I feel like we pioneer ideas that are going to later be copied. And this means <laughs> our visitors are going to be using rides that have not been tested through practical use for very long. Our ride designers may have insufficient training in physics or engineering and seem to build rides not knowing how they would work and then just let people on them. Uh, I also feel like we need to cut corners to maximize our profits, so uh, build the rides cheaply, only sporadically maintain any of them, and fail to renovate them to take advantage of later safety improvements. I mean, we instead of selling uh, regular um, cotton candy, we just sell fiberglass insulation. Yeah. And in our last year, whenever we do close, I feel like we need to keep part of our ski area open despite us being unable to obtain liability insurance. Jim, if you've not realized yet, I am just copying the exact playbook of Action Park. Oh my god, I've never seen the Action Park logo before. It's so fucking bad. It looks like you were... You remember, like, when you used to use, like, Microsoft um, PowerPoint, and there was the section with word art? It looks like it was just word arted into existence. It's real garbage. It is, um, 
it it's it's like the um the cover it's it looks like the lettering from the cover of a Sega Master System game or like Zoo Books it could be a Zoo Books <laughs> logo well that now on to on to our employees the vast majority of workers at uh, Epic Universe at least the ones regularly seen by visitors were teenagers Jim Desay a security director for the park says he got the job at the age of 21 after having worked there for two years his experience was not uncommon most were underaged untrained often under the influence of alcohol and cared little for enforcing park rules and safety requirements height and weight based restrictions were often ignored i feel like this is just a given for our park i mean in fact i feel like often ignored no 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 it's a requirement that you ignore the height and weight based restrictions on every single ride now the visitor section is a little bit weird because it gets kind of racist and I'm not- <laughs> Uh, since it was closer and slightly cheaper than Great Adventure, Action Park attracted many visitors from urban enclaves of the New York metropolitan area. Many of them were from lower-income neighborhoods where they had few, if any, opportunities to swim, much less learn how. Wikipedia just (laughs) casually being like, black people don't know how to swim, right? We all know this. Like, no, Wikipedia, that's not right. The park greatly overestimated their abilities, and this was a factor in many accidents as well as the drownings. They fault management's decision to broaden the customer base by advertising in Spanish-language media as contributing to the accident rate, since few employees spoke Spanish and no written information was made available in Spanish. Holy shit, Action Park! They, uh, did they do anything like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out my way into a white man can't jump joke and I can't get there. Like no. I'm just hitting, I'm just tripping over my own feet. Jim, right now we just need to let the words speak and not at all let our <laughs> Caucasianness speak for ourselves right now. Um, the staff's indifference to many of the park's rules led to a similarly lawless culture among visitors, who generally liked the high level of control they had over their experience. Several of them brought in pig's heads on pikes and painted on themselves in blood. No. Accidents were- Camp Krusty. Accidents were usually deemed to be the fault of the riders, and a state official lamented that many water slide accidents were due to guests who, in blatant violation of an explicitly posted rule, would discard their mats and wait wait at a turn for their friends so they could go down together. (laughs) His leg was off before he got on the slide. (laughs) Yeah. Since many of rides tout, re- routed their lines so that those waiting could see every previous rider, many played to the audience with risque and body behavior when it did finally come <laughs> to be their turn. The Tarzan swing in particular was known for outbursts of foul language and exhibitionism as people jumped off the swing in full view of the whole line behind them. I mean, I mean, I understand like going down f- hanging dong, like that's that's clear. <laughs> but what? What is it about getting on the Tarzan swing and just being like, fuck, that's it, as you start moving forward? Tarzan, they're just like, I mean, the myth of Tarzan, he just didn't have a great grasp of the language, so he had to let it out some way. 
Now, this one's shocking because this segment should be longer, but it's the availability of alcohol. <laughs> it is one, two sentences. The park also sold beer in many kiosks with similarly relaxed enforcement of drinking age, as with other restrictions in the park. Doctors treating the injured often reported that many of them were intoxicated. Oh, no <laughs> shit. They weren't kiosks. They were just like red flyer, like American flyer wagons with kegs in them. Yes. <laughs> Law regulatory climate. What the fuck does this even mean? Okay, despite many citations for safety violations between 79 and 1986, including allowing minors to operate rides and failing to... <laughs> All right, little belly, it's a special day for you. You get to send them up in the death coaster. Go on. Uh, let's see. An investigation by the New Jersey Herald, Sussex County's main daily newspaper, later found that the park was fined only once. <laughs> it was also <laughs> unique in that department in that all other amusement parks were fined for first offenses except Action Park. It asked if there was some sort of special relationship between Action Park and the state. The fine was for littering. Yeah. Of body some of the parts. Some of the state's regulations failed to adequately address the situation. After the 1987 drowning, as opposed to the other ones, it was reported that the tidal wave pool was considered a pool by the state, not a ride. Under state regulations, this meant that the company merely had to keep the water clean and make sure that people were on duty. Holy shit, Action Park! Damn! So... I mean, that's really just kind of our go-to list of things to do. Oh, here's the fatalities, if we want to do that. Uh, July 8th, 1980, a 19-year-old park employee was riding the Alpine slide when his car jumped the track and his head struck a rock, killing him instantly. July 24th, 1982. I don't know why I'm reading this like the fucking B-52s. <laughs> A 15-year-old boy drowned in the tidal wave pool. Tidal pool! Tidal pool, baby. August 1st, 1982. Brakes rusted. <laughs> a 27-year-old man from Long Island got out of his tipped kayak on the kayak experience to ride it. While doing so, he stepped on a grate that was either in contact with or came too close to a section of live wiring. So the, the underwater fans become, became exposed and he suffered a major electric shock, which sent Jesus. him into cardiac arrest. These Several... Filipino bays following in their footsteps. <laughs> Several other members of his family nearby were also injured. The ride was drained and closed for an investigation. Accounts differed as to the extent of the exposed wiring. The park said it was just a nick, while others argued it was closer to eight fucking inches. <laughs> <laughs> the state's labor department found that the fan was properly maintained and installed. They, someone paid off the state department, dude. That had to... And they cleared the park of round <laughs> wrongdoing. However, it also said that the current had the possibility to cause bodily harm under certain circumstances. Yeah, you can't close the our lightning pool. What are we going to do without <laughs> our lightning pool? The park claimed it had been vindicated, although it did never reopen the ride, saying that people would be afraid to go on it. 
1984, date unknown, a fatal heart attack suffered by one visitor who was unofficially believed to have been triggered by the shock of cold water in the pool beneath the Tarzan swing. The water on the ride and in that area was 50 to 60 degrees Fahrenheit, while everything else was 70 to 80, ranging more typical of swimming pools. Shit. And then the other two? Ah, just drown. 1984? Yeah, they said that... That, I, I heard the thing about the, that water under the, under the rope swing was pretty nasty. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently it was all operated by spring water, so you just got nasty fucking New Jersey water. <laughs> they, just, they put Nestle. They just, just <laughs> landed in a big yeah. pool of Nestle. August 27th. 20-year-old from Brooklyn drowned in the tidal wave pool. July 19th, 1987, 18-year-old drowned in the tidal wave pool. Maybe don't open the fucking tidal wave pool. And this part was open for, like, a long time. Like, a long time. And there was a revival in 2014. Under new ownership, the name of the park was changed to Action Park, starting with the 2014 season. 2006, the Mountain Creek Water Park name was restored to the park, retiring the Action Park name again. Hey, fucking Mountain Creek? What's your shit? What the fuck's your problem to be like, you know what we should bring back? The death park that killed a lot of people in the 80s. I feel like that's what people are gonna really be digging nowadays. Let's bring that shit back. So, that's our part, basically. That's what we've done this season, and that's my argument for why it's perfectly fine to kill the baby this time. If we could go back in time and kill Hitler, <laughs> we'd do it. So that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, I don't. I definitely don't think that our park would be around for eight, eight plus years, or and definitely not for twenty five. <laughs> But Jim, for this last episode, usually we just kind of discuss our favorite parts of the park or maybe do a fucking D&D campaign to destroy it that one time. But this time, I want to take a more first-hand approach for how this park gets destroyed. And that is why, for our last episode, I wanted us to build a ride that when it went wrong, not if, when it went wrong, it would destroy the entire theme park. Which leads me to my uh, my idea, and I've yet to come up with a name for it. The the spin a boom. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it don't. It's, it, once it's once you ride it once, it's over. It's done. I mean, the spin a boom was my main option, and it could be sponsored by Cinnabon, and then you could put. <laughs> A Cinnabon at the bottom of it. But essentially, all it is during the day, during the day operations, it's just one of those big towers that basically have people hanging from bungee cords on it. And, you know, it just spins in a circle and yeets you up in the air, and the centrifugal force pulls you horizontal to the ground. It's one of those. So, you know, those happen. It's not hard to make one of those break. Until nighttime happens. Because at nighttime, we attach fireworks to the base of each seat, and you become part of the, you become part of the nighttime show as it yeets you around in circles, and it shoots fireworks out of your ass and forms this beautiful display in the sky. I mean, we could do it without people, like for the maybe like the hour before the show, we clear them off to attach everything. And here's the story of how it destroys the theme park. It's not too difficult. The following day, uh, 
Um, I'm gonna say whoever was closing, probably a drunk underage teen, <laughs> forgot to take off the firework attachments. And so the first bl- blast off of the spinner boom goes up in the air, and then suddenly, pow! And one teen just gets <laughs> yeeted off the ride and sent into a nearby show building, instantly leveling it. And now at this point, what I have made is a dude cannon that's just gonna <laughs> spin around and and shoot people into nearby buildings. And it's just like, like there could be a series of like five buildings in a row. One just smacks into the side of that and then there's a domino effect as that all topples. Then there's like one who just goes straight up into the air and crash lands through the center of like a carousel or something. This is the end of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World just in a diff- <laughs> slightly different... scenario by by the way we talked about it on the show me watching like the prime video disney park like like their uh, basically their vacation uh videos i watched one today and they started running out of shit because they were like we went to the best ride in the park goofy's barnstormer (laughs) and we asked and we asked the kids there what they thought about their experience. And it's just a bunch of kids trying to not be like, this ride sucked. It's them being like, what, what was your favorite part? When it went around the corner and then went down, I guess. Or when we went up. Was it when we went up, I guess? <laughs> and like, they kept scratching the barrel because then they start talking about the carousel. Not of progress, just the normal carousel. And them being like, have you noticed that they're all... They're all stallions, and they're all white, and uh, they're jumping. That's it. That was the full <laughs> statement. It was just like, they're all wet, other than, like, one that's got a gold tooth, and that's for Walt's wife. Also, one <laughs> of them has a... Also, <laughs> We all know how much Lillian Disney just loved her fucking... Her sweet her, grills. Her fucking grill horse. Also, this was the last sentence of that segment. Also, one of them has a mule head. That was it, and then he just cut to something else. That's Guy Fieri. Yes. And then my favorite part, and this is my last thing I'll say about it, was they were talking about the fact that, I guess this was right after the um, transportation system. What's the, from like the airport to, whatever that's called. Mickey's Express. Yeah, it's right after the Magical Express happened, and so... They're talking about, like, yeah, you can just check in your bags at the airport, fly to Orlando, and just get on this bus and go, and it'll be waiting on you when you get there. And I'm like, that's a great pitch. Until it cuts to a random mom who's just like, yeah, we didn't have to carry anything. No baggage, no kids. It was fine. And when we got there, they all arrived. And I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. You you telling me the, the kids... The kids, you just got to pimp around in the luggage section for a while, Diana? You fucking animal? My, so, my favorite of the Lightspeed Entertainment specials is the Animal Kingdom one that spends like 20 minutes showing off the Yeti from Expedition Everest. And it oh, working. Really? It, 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 they, they show the same clip of it like swinging its arm out. And it's like, this is the only, like, it, it would be like if you heard that one time 
like like that footage of Mister Rogers where he's got his two fingers up, like his middle fingers at the camera. Yeah, <laughs> like you have like this is proof that this happened, that it actually worked one time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Yeti worked one time, and we filmed it, and now it is forever enshrined in this documentary. Well, we've discussed the Cineboom and then a much better thing, which was that fucking shitty video. But Jim, how are you destroying the um, park? Because I've taken care of like half the park. I'm wa- I'm waiting I, on you to get rid of the other part. I, I went a slightly different direction, like um, because I feel like because we're destroying it. Like after this is done, there's like nothing left. Yeah. So I thought what we would do is have a we would have a sweepstakes, and the okay. winner of the sweepstakes would be the one that would get to like. Not, not, I don't want to say they would destroy the park, but they would get to like experience the park in a way that no one's like. That's how we would sell it. Like this is this is like once in a lifetime experience of our park. You're making it sound like it's about to be a fucking shooting. Like you're about (laughs) to give this guy an AR-15 and be like, go wild. No, uh, no. So we we pick one person and we bring them in, and there's we, we we there's this like special like ride building that they've never seen before. And they roll up in this building and they walk in into this theater. And for whatever reason, there's other people in this theater. They, they were, they were told they were the only one, but there's other people there. And, uh, basically the, the, uh, theater would, would eventually would start out. There would be someone talking about like loss. It would be very depressing. It would be like a, like a, um, uh, like a therapy meeting, like yeah, like, talk- like like an AA sort of a situation, but yeah, talking different. about the finale of Lost, all that shit. <laughs> it's real intense. So there's that. That was how it started. And the person, you know, the, the winner would be like kind of confused. But then all the the theater would kind of split into pieces, and each section of seats would be like a little trackless ride vehicle. And what would follow from this is basically a trackless ride throughout the entire park everywhere holy shit yes like built into the ground and what i really want to do is kind of um somehow through this ride vehicle going through the various buildings is essentially recreate the entirety of the film fight club (laughs) the whole thing all of it (laughs) yeah i mean we could probably get like a dildo on an end table somewhere I shouldn't have said that when you were drinking a soda. That could have been bad. No, it's fine. I mean, Meatloaf hasn't been doing a lot of work. He, we could probably put him in one of the little cars spinning around. Also, uh, Dildo on an End Table is the name of our rock band, right? <laughs> you know, he's not a threat to you. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I essentially would have the uh, the ride vehicles and the like like three ride vehicles end up in a uh it's kind of like overlooking the part of the park like maybe like the top of the water park section and it would be like the winner uh some other person and then like a girl in the in another part okay yeah the first person would just end up like he would die somehow it would probably be fake at what point do you get the gun to shoot yourself in the jaw with? Because well, that's I actually, be... I think it would be good if, like, for if we have like a roller coaster section or some kind of ride that's like a test track style kind of yeah 
ride that it would be that you would see that person in a car next to you and they would like it would be special effect like you'd be ahead of them for a while like at cars land and then you would look over and they'd be gone but then they'd be ahead of you but then you'd look over and you'd be ahead of them again but then they would disappear and so it'd keep it'd be this like weird little race but yeah eventually the park would kind of all explode See, I like this idea of, like, the ride vehicles shooting through certain buildings and demolishing them on the way through. So as if you're crashing through it and destroying that building. And then at the end, like, there's three big, the biggest buildings are in front of you. And then a charged explosion causes them all to demolish in front of you. The the, the carousel of Project Mayhem. Yeah! Fuck yes! That's great! Now, I do have another idea that uh, you've now you do, given. You do not actually, uh, you do win a prize if you do look at the girl in the other car and say that you met them at a very strange time in your life. Yeah. I do want to say, you've given but me you an idea. you do not have to whip your dick out. That's a yes. thing. I did get, you gave me an idea, and it was a supermarket sweep-esque challenge where we bring in, like, our ten biggest people, like, the ten people who have come to this park the most and survived, and each (laughs) of them get sledgehammers, and they have to run around the park and see who can cause the most destruction, and, like, there'll be certain, like, buttons on the outside of the building where you can, like, lean back, hit the button, and it causes a massive explosion or stuff like that, and you have to just try to destroy as much of the park as possible, and as it goes down, like, every ten minutes or so, the person who's lowest on the leaderboard gets eliminated, and that continues for two hours as the whole park gets destroyed before your very fucking eyes. (laughs) Instead of a cardboard cutout of, like, the Jolly Green Giant that'll net you $500, it's just that wax figure of Vin Diesel. (laughs) Yeah! Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, here's just... what it is. You run around and you somehow find the buttons on everything, and by the end of it, you finally run and, like, um, Jersey Dan's sitting there, and he turns around. You cheated! What, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? I destroyed them, all the buildings. You did not! You found the specially placed <laughs> buttons on all of these to destroy the buildings. It wasn't about destruction or passion. It was about all of this. You cheated. You lose. You get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> and so then you pack up your bags and walk outside. And then as you do, um, Bob J. Pack walks up to you. <laughs> It is just like, hey, I heard you got the secrets of the park. You know where all the destruction points are. I need you to tell me about it. And then you refuse. And then as you walk back in with JPEG, he pulls it off and it's a mask. And it's Jersey Dana, Dan's sister, who's been here the whole time. And he's like, you passed the test. Great job, Charlie. Come with me into my great glass elevator. And you fly up in the sky. And as you do, the whole park gets leveled below you. And he's like... I was gonna give you the park, but as you can see, there's not much here. <laughs> Have fucking fun with this. Have fun paying the property taxes on this hundred acres of land. I mean, Bob Chapek's high school nickname probably was Gobstopper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, so I really think though this supermarket sweep idea is really cutting into my like a later season where we design like the guys grocery games theme park. Oh my like god! The guy in the yeah. theme park. That's uh, all of his TV shows as a theme park. Also, I'm sorry, Gynaverse is actually the name of our rock band. So, Jim, we've did yeah, it's, it. It's, we, it's we, him, we, and it's Whoopi Goldberg from Star Trek: The Next Generation. 
So we destroyed our theme park. Do you have any great memories you want to look back on? Anything that you really were passionate about this season? I mean, with me, it was just Jersey Dan coming in at the beginning fucking clutch and just being like, hey, let's kill people. I'm pretty sure uh, we did yeet some people into a water park at high speeds. That one was very good. The all the all the water park eating was very very good. I don't know, man. It was a buck wild season, but it's all over now, and that means y'all are gonna have to wait wait two weeks because we are actually taking two weeks off. One because we usually get a break, and two because it's Christmas, y'all. Go spend some time with your families. The the next episode will come out on the. Ooh, let me look at my, my calendars. On the 6th of January. That's my fucking birthday! Hell yeah, dude! Birthday! 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 Oh, but until then, Jim, where can people find you on the internet? I'm on Twitter at Apparently Smart. Just go there and uh, enjoy the enjoy whatever. And to find me, if you see a faded sign down the side of the road, it says, go to Twitter, type in Scotty Moe, S-E-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. That's right, Scotty Moe on Twitter. Find me there, buy my books on Amazon, and to check out my brand new podcast experience, it is Deviant a space pirate story. It's got me, my co-host on a load of BS, Blake Tanner, a lot of amazing voice actors in it, and it's just this really awesome space pirate story, and I hope you guys like it. It's the first time we ever did an audio drama, and it turned out really fantastic. We've gotten a lot of rave reviews so far, and we'd love for you to join those rave reviews at aloadofpurebs.com, where you can find that show and all the other BS network programs from a load of BS to Fight Boys. And of course, if you want to support the show, remember you can at patreon.com slash a load of BS, where you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week, like the Patreon saint of the op-at show, Ransom Meltzer. And in addition to that, you get access to a slew of exclusive programming from Wrestling History X, from Fight Boys, you paid from this from the BS Boys, and then... A show that is yet to be named from Opposite Attractions, where I sit at the mantle of Jim Murphy and let him tell me the tale of some of the greatest theme parks of all time and the greatest rides therein. So support us there. Support us by picking up some merch at merch.loadofpurebs.com and leave us five stars on iTunes. But if you have done all of that, if you can't afford it, just tell a friend, a friend who loves theme park design or just theme parks that they need to check out this show about two jackasses. So make sure to do that. And until next season, ladies and gentlemen, remember to find Jim and me on Twitter at op at show. That's spelled O-P-P-A-T-T-S-H-O-W. Are you down with O-P-P, baby?